0: Hello, and welcome to For the Journey, a podcast offering formation and inspiration to Christians longing for more of God in their lives and in the world. For the Journey is presented by Coracle, a ministry committed to inspiring and enabling people to be the presence of God in the brokenness of the world through spiritual formation for kingdom action. We want to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God so that you can go further into the world with God's loving, healing, redeeming power. For the Journey is a space where each week we hope to help you encounter God and live a more integrated life of faith in the world by offering a regular rhythm of reflections, guided spiritual practices, thoughtful conversations, and more. In this space for God, beauty, Karen Wright Marsh, author and executive director of Theological Horizons in Charlottesville, Virginia, introduces us to the life and work of Ephraim the Syrian. The lyric theology of this fourth century Christian pastor, poet, refugee and songwriter has the power to refresh our perspectives even today. Karen concludes our time together by listening prayerfully to a recording of Ephraim's Hymn to the Light. You can read an English translation of the lyrics in our show notes. Here's Karen.
1: So good to be with you on this Beautiful morning. And as we step into this time together, um, I just want to thank you for bringing me into your reflection today as we enter into a space for God. And I'm so aware that as beautiful as this morning is that suffering overwhelms the world, it seems. I mean, more than 83 million people across the planet have been forced from their homes. More than half of the world's refugees are children. And in Syria, after 11 years of conflict, the humanitarian crisis is especially dire. There are more than 5 million Syrians who are displaced and we are still counting. So these large statistics, the numbers can dull the mind. And yet a simple lament cuts through to the heart of the refugee experience. Hear these words. Listen, my chicks have flown from the nest, alarmed by the eagle. Look where they hide in dread. Bring them back in peace." These are the plaintive words of Ephraim, a Syriac Christian born around 306, a person who suffered himself the pain of exile. The 18th century preacher John Wesley would call Ephraim the man of the broken heart. Even today, among the embattled Christian communities of Syria and the Levant, Ephraim is heralded as the harp of the Holy Spirit, their honored teacher and poet. 2,000 years ago, Ephraim lived in a world of volatile politics and cultural diversity. The people around him spoke numerous languages. They practiced competing religions from paganism to Judaism, to early shifting forms of Christianity. Ephraim himself spoke Syriac, a dialect of Aramaic, which of course was the language which Christ himself spoke, and in which the good news was first preached, even before the gospels came to be written down in Greek. Born of Christian parents, before the Edict of Milan, which established official toleration of religion, Ephraim knew well that a confession of faith in Christ invited suffering. And he said, I am of the family of the martyrs. Ephraim devoted himself wholly to the church. He was a deacon and a teacher, but he was no isolated monk. He lived among the people, pouring out his gifts for the good of the community. He wrote soaring hymns, poems, poems narrative sermons and verse and also biblical commentary even when the christians in his area came to be displaced by war ephraim never failed to create beautiful works of creative practical theology to build up the church in troubled times ephraim lived much of his life on the roman border town of nisibis which was out on the frontier. Nisibis was caught between the warring ambitions of two empires, two ancient superpowers, Rome and Persia. The resilient people of Nisibis survived three sieges or even more, and when the treaty was signed between the Roman Empire and the Persian king, their city was ultimately handed over to the Persians. Ephraim along with other Christians was forced to flee. He found his way to Edessa where he served the church to the end of his life. Far from home, Ephraim put the mysteries of faith to words and music. There he coached singers. He prepared new believers for baptism. He formed women's choirs and he organized relief for the poor and the hungry. As he approached the age of 70, Ephraim died caring for victims of the plague, compassionate to the end. This morning, we will explore one of Ephraim's hymns in translation. Now, like like me, you may expect dusty stanzas of strange verse, recounting a history long gone, a tedious ancient text that you might not comprehend. But you are in for a glorious surprise from the man of a broken heart, the pastor poet in exile. Ephraim's lyrical theology sings of the paradoxes of faith. He discloses at once a flourishing world, both on earth and in heaven, infused with God's redemption. On the other hand, the surface of things appears to be only brokenness, grief, and conflict. And yet here, God comes very near. He writes, blessed is the girl he found worthy to indwell, and also the town he found worthy to inhabit. A needy girl and a small town, he chose to humble himself. So why am I captivated by Ephraim's life and writing? Well, I think he's so old that he seems new, Ephraim speaks out of an ancient fourth-century perspective in images that refresh my calloused heart. We see bees, blossoms, angels, dancing, light, seeds, grapes, lambs, declarations of healing, joy, and gratitude. Ephraim's vision of God's abounding and overabounding love breaks through. I'm startled at Ephraim's beautiful feminine in imagery and the way he highlights biblical women. He writes warmly of Eve and Mary, of Sarah, Anna, and Ruth, and even of Rahab and Tamar. All have a part to play in God's history Christ, the glorious fount who gives drinks to all, grants particular gifts to each person, however and whoever they are. Those women, often disregarded in biblical times, are seen by this Christ as especially worthy of good blessings. Ephraim praises the Samaritan woman in this way. He writes, Blessed are you, who learned the truth and did not thirst. For one is the Messiah and there is no more. Blessed are you, O woman, for not suppressing your judgment about what you discovered. Your love was zealous to share your treasure with the city. You left behind your pitcher, but filled with understanding, you gave your people to drink. Your voice, O woman, brought forth first fruit, before even the apostles announcing the Messiah. The apostles were forbidden to announce him among pagans and Samaritans. But blessed is your mouth that Jesus opened and confirmed. Blessed are you, O woman. In church services, Ephraim put female singers up front on the platform to teach to mixed congregations, earning him the name A Second Moses for the women folk. How did Ephraim come to this esteem for women, an attitude that is striking even today? Well, there's a story that says that as a refugee newly displaced from his church and his home in Nisibis, Ephraim decided to go to the city of Edessa. And on his way, he prayed to God, and he asked God to send him a wise man to meet him, someone who can converse with him about the scripture and help him to grow spiritually. As he entered Edessa, the city, into the gates, Ephraim was greeted by a woman. Disappointed, he murmured to God, Lord, perhaps you didn't hear my prayer. This is a woman. How could she teach me biblical wisdom? Ephraim and the woman stood in the street face to face, and at last he asked, why, O woman, are you standing and staring at me? She calmly replied, I am looking at you because woman was taken from man, but shouldn't you be looking down at the dusty earth from which you were taken? Astonished, Ephraim thanked God for answering his prayer and for teaching him a spiritual lesson along the way. We see that Ephraim's godly vision goes even further to embrace a deep sense of the interconnectedness of all things, all created things, physical and spiritual. Where there is justice in human affairs, the earth flourishes. But, he teaches, worldly injustice upsets this cosmic harmony nature stands as a witness to god calling out our wonder our gratitude while challenging our arrogance and our greed so where do we find ourselves this morning are you like me tempted to declare that all is lost comfortable and secure as i am on this day i see the news from around the world I read the statistics about homelessness, violence, and poverty. I witness the battles between nations. I see conflicts closer to home between my own neighbors. Within myself, I sense the tension between mind and emotion, logic and intuition. I think that if Ephraim were here, he would understand many of the struggles that we experience today. So where do we go for answers? Well, the Western church tradition that most of us share has long expected theology, the study of God, to be set in philosophical discourse. We think of God as a great field, a great subject of investigation, a problem to be solved. And we labor under what one scholar has called the tyranny of epistemology, and yet we sense within ourselves that the holy can neither be framed nor tamed. God's incarnation in Christ gives us a glimpse of a yet unknowable God beyond our heady theology. Ephraim the syrian even at the time, saw the hazards of intellectualizing mystery when he wrote, Let us not go astray and study our God. Let us take the measure of our mind and gauge our thinking. And as for our knowledge, let us know how small it is and too contemptible to scrutinize the knower of all. When we are at our wit's end, Ephraim arrives, an older brother with an orthodox orthodox face and faith that sings through verse. In his creative genius, Ephraim employs poetry as his vehicle for theology, one with whole new possibilities for the study of God and the experience of beauty. Ephraim opens up a window into very early Christianity, a way of seeing God and the world in which my Western ideas have very little part Here is a genuinely Semitic Eastern Christianity, a faith that is free, literally free, from the European cultural, intellectual, and historical trappings that I inherited from the Greeks so long ago. And Ephraim is full of surprises. He offers up this flowing theology that slips the traps of unbending dogma and harsh logic. Yet he expresses our essential historic beliefs as followers of Jesus Christ. Logic can never hold the mystery of the incarnation with the paradoxes of the great one who became small, the rich one who became poor, the shepherd who became the lamb, the hidden one who revealed himself. In his hymns on the nativity, Ephraim brings us close to the tender Jesus who came to earth for our sake. He writes, the mighty one entered and put on insecurity from Mary's womb, the provisioner of all who entered and experienced hunger. He who gives drink to all who entered and experienced thirst, naked and stripped, there came forth from her he who clothes us all. I'd like to remember that these are the words of a man who, even in his own time, was an outsider on the perilous edge of the Roman Empire, beyond the mainstream Greek-speaking church. He knew what it was to be an exile, holding to the faith of Christ in hard times. C.S. Lewis once said that the present is the point at which time touches eternity. So now is the time of salvation. Let us put aside all that crowds our minds, our distractions, our memories, our worries, and enter into Ephraim's 2,000-year-old hymns, singing, we are on our way to becoming prayer before God, allowing God's spirit to pray within us, within us, around us, where we just don't know how to pray. With Ephraim, we can praise. Glory to you utterly from all of us, he writes. Ephraim's hymns, at once non-Western, lyrical, ecological, and healing, make a space for believers and seekers alike. Anyone who feels displaced, at a distance, broken, or afraid. From his place in an old, old world, this ancient saint gives us a new prayer when he writes these words that we will hear and read. So I invite you to hear one of Ephraim's hymns. We are going to hear it sung in Syrian and in Arabic, and you will see the English translation as you listen to the Arabic words. I invite you to let the beauty of the voices, the beauty of the praise, flow over you and through you and may you catch a glimpse of god's light and healing and beauty let it enter into your heart and your mind and your soul so let us listen now together And so we step into the light this morning, the light of Christ, with these words from our ancient brother, with his songs that are so old that they seem new today. Hear his words as words of blessing to you. Remaining are all those things that the gracious one made in his mercy. Let us see those things that God does for us every day. How many tastes for the mouth? How many beauties for the eyes? How many melodies for the air and ear? How many scents for the nostrils? Who is sufficient in comparison to the goodness of these little things? Amen.
0: Thanks so much for listening to For the Journey. We hope you'll join us again next week, and in the meantime, you can explore past episodes and see what we're up to at inthecoracle.org and on social media at inthecoracle. If you were blessed by what you just heard, please subscribe as we'll be releasing new episodes each week. Please also feel free to rate and review the show and share this episode around with others who might be blessed by it. For the Journey is made possible by the generous support of our Coracle partners, the wonderful men and women who choose to support this ministry through their prayers and financial gifts. If you're one of our partners and are listening, we are so grateful for you. And if you would like to join us as a sustaining partner, you can set up a monthly donation of any amount at inthecoracle.org support. The link is in the show notes. Our growing community of partners gets access to tailor-made resources, gifts, and events, and we would love for you to be a part of that. If you have a question or a topic you'd like for us to take up on the podcast, please email it to us at podcast at inthecoracle.org. You're welcome to type it out, but if you can record yourself asking your question and send us the audio, you may even get to hear yourself on the air. The For the Journey theme song is Mystery Hymn, from our friends at Lowland Hum. Please give them a listen wherever you get your music. And so friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen, and we will see you on the journey.